From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Jim Howe. This is HealthLink on Air. A physician from Upstate has a new book out, but it's not the conventional educational textbook you might imagine. It looks somewhat like a comic book, or maybe more specifically a graphic novel. But it's full of technical information about infectious diseases, broken into 14 sections. Here to tell us about his book is emergency physician Dr. Brian Kloss. Welcome, Dr. Kloss. Thank you for having me. Your book is called Graphic Guide to Infectious Disease, and your name is on the cover with Travis Bruce. How did the two of you work together on this book? So I first met Travis in uh, 2000, so it's about 18 years ago. Um, After I graduated from college, when I moved uh, back home to New Jersey, I got my own apartment, and one of my neighbors um, was this uh, young man, um, Alex Seldes, who went to art school. So it was... um, interesting collaboration is that you're having someone with a science background now uh, interacting with someone with an art background. And through Alex, I met Travis and a host of other uh, folks that do such things as um, industrial design, fashion design, illustration, and graphic design. And being someone rooted solely in the sciences, being exposed to someone um, with so much interest and background in art, for me, I was fascinated by what these individuals do as far as using their artistic process to explain things and uh, share information with the world. And they were somewhat fascinated with me being a scientist or a medical provider and having this background in medicine and disease. Did you write the material then send it to them or did you collaborate in person? How did that work? So Travis and I, as far as an author and illustrator, have an amazing uh, relationship as far as how we collaborate. He you know, can quickly see what ideas I'm trying to convey in my illustration and then translate that up into a more professional and detailed illustration. So how we went about the process was I would identify different diseases that I had an interest in, such as uh, viral hepatitis or Zika virus, look up on uh, various medical references, textbooks, and journal articles more about the disease, come to a um, a synthesis as far as what are the signs and symptoms of the disease, how does it appear in the human population, how is it spread, how is it treated, what's it caused by. And then from there I would draw, uh, you know, some illustration or cartoon of a human infected with the disease, or in some cases if it's a disease that's carried by an animal, I might draw an animal with the disease such as anthrax is carried by sheep. So in that case, the illustration is of a sheep with all the signs and symptoms of anthrax as how it would affect the human population. How did the idea for doing a medical book that's illustrated instead of with standard medical illustrations, illustrated as a comic book. How did that originate? This goes back to one of my first interactions with Travis Bruce. We were at a house party in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, he had told me about his illustrations and says to me that he really hasn't illustrated that much in the past couple years because he doesn't really know what to draw. And I said, well, let me see this um, sketchbook of yours. So I'm going through his sketchbook And in there was an illustration of himself as a a high school student stating, when I was younger, I could rattle my eyes. And he had drawn his eyes uh, shaking back and forth. And I said, oh, this is actually a medical condition called nystagmus. And I said, it happens in some people that are alcohol intoxicated or if someone is on angel dust or PCP. And he was fascinated by the information. He said, oh, write that in in, the, the book. Write it right on top of my illustration. And I said, well, you know, wouldn't that then kind of ruin the illustration? 
And he says, no, this would actually then kind of conclude the illustration or make it complete. Um, and as well, this horizontal nystagmus can also occur in about 10% of the population uh, as well. So I you know, put that information in there. And having done that and looking at it, I recognized, wait a minute, you know, we can combine my medical knowledge with your illustrations to educate um, medical students, physician assistant students, nursing students about these diseases and make it more memorable for them. And that actually, at that point in time, is where I got the idea to come up with my first textbook, which was called Toxicology in a Box. So in that book, I had taken about 110, 120 illustrations that I'd created about various types of poisonings and drew them out. And now our second textbook, which actually has a broader audience because it's on infectious diseases, does the same with about 140, 150 different infectious diseases and then illustrates them out in a cartoon representation. I should note that, the yes, as you say, the book has plenty of standard medical text along with the illustrations, and we will link to the book uh, from our website, uh, healthlinkonair.org. Is infectious disease something you have a research or professional interest in particularly? Is that why you chose this topic? So with infectious disease, the um, interest in that is the fact that it's sort of the foundation of medicine. So infectious diseases can occur in um, infants, um, adults, elderly, geriatric populations. And a standard knowledge base of infectious disease is the cornerstone of medical education. So if uh, someone's in medical school or going to school for being a physician assistant, they're essentially required to learn the foundation of infectious disease based on what the causative agent is, whether it be a virus, bacteria, or parasite. And then in this textbook, what I've done is uh, broken these different infectious diseases down um, based on what organ system they involve. So I have a whole chapter on pulmonary infectious diseases. I have a whole chapter on the infectious diseases that uh, affect children, such as measles, mumps, rubella, and as well some of the more common viral illnesses that affect uh, children like chickenpox. And then I also went on and looked at some of the infectious diseases that are carried by specific um, vectors. So uh, example being uh, Lyme's disease is carried by ticks. So I have an entire chapter on tick-borne illnesses. Did you learn anything new in pulling this book together? Um, putting the book together a lot of this was, uh, in some ways, a refresher because, again, the knowledge of infectious disease is, you know, required for all physicians. Um, but as well, I learned um, about newer infectious diseases or learned uh, greater detail about some of the infectious diseases, such as uh, mosquito-borne illnesses. I learned a lot more about Zika, uh, dengue, and uh, chikungunya as far as these different, uh, you know, mosquito-borne illnesses. Would you say this is meant to be a reference book for medical providers like yourself in an emergency department, or who is this really aimed at? So the market demographic for this book is both for healthcare professionals and then as well for any layperson that's just interested in infectious diseases or someone that's interested in comic books because the quality of the illustration that you'll see in this book actually goes well beyond anything that's ever been done before. And it has sort of a graphic novel approach. We actually had a uh, illustrator, Rob Gilroy, who did a uh, famous comic book with Image Comics called Chew Comics, serve as one of our guest, guest illustrators um, when we did the avian flu virus. So this is something that 
medical students and physician assistant students could purchase to actually use for studying for their classes to, again, learn that foundation of infectious disease, signs, symptoms, treatment, causative agents of the infectious disease, and as well, anyone just with a general interest in the human body and what types of diseases we might potentially contract as we you know, go through the uh, life process. Would this book apply internationally, or is it more specifically directed at the United States? So the book is actually available internationally as of now. So it does have sales in the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and as well India. Many uh, countries that have medical education, a lot of the education is actually provided in the English language. However, um, other countries, uh, the textbooks are provided in that native tongue. And just yesterday, I got an email from the publisher that said that the um, Elsevier division in Spain is actually very interested in translating the book from English into Spanish, which would then open up the market in Spain and as well the South American, Central American countries. Elsevier is the publisher. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, turning to your work as an emergency room physician, roughly what percent of an emergency doctor's patients would have some sort of infectious disease? Percentage-wise... Um, I'd have to look that up for a reference to get the actual percentage. However, um, infectious diseases are things that are commonly encountered in the emergency department. Now, most of the infectious disease that we'll see tend to be things such as a community-acquired pneumonia or a urinary tract infection or perhaps a skin or soft tissue infection. And those uh, are things we see that have a specific presentation Whereas the infectious diseases that I discuss in detail in the textbook, these are uh, some of the more common ones, but also some of the more esoteric ones. So some of the more common things that we see might be Lyme disease, for example. So emergency medicine providers need to be aware of the signs and symptoms of Lyme disease, and it's a condition that can create um, chronic signs and symptoms, but even still, even though it's a chronic disease, many times through the emergency department is where the patient comes to be diagnosed with Lyme's. Example was a uh, patient of mine maybe a month or two prior had come in and complained that his left knee had been red and swollen for about a month. And looking at it from an emergency perspective, I have to consider what are the things that could be devastating to him, such as what's known as a septic joint. Is there bacteria inside the knee that could cause him to then potentially lose his leg? So I do the testing for that, but then also recognizing, well, the knee's been swollen for a month. That actually could be, you know, late onset Lyme disease. So we actually sent off the Lyme's disease test, uh, blood work and titers, and he actually tested positive. So I was... Titers being a blood test. Uh, correct. Yep. The blood titers said this gentleman does test positive for Lyme disease. In the emergency department, I uh, ruled out or took this septic joint off the table but was able to then recognize that this is, you know, likely a presentation of Lyme disease in the later stages. So my awareness of Lyme disease helped me to make that diagnosis and get that gentleman started on the appropriate treatment. Can all or most of the infectious diseases described in your book be prevented through standard hygiene, such as washing one's hands and properly handling food? Many of these diseases actually can be prevented through, you know, proper uh, food preparation, and sanitation, hygiene, and as well, vaccine. 
So many of these diseases uh, can be prevented by uh, vaccines. So example, there's vaccinations available for both hepatitis A and hepatitis B. We have vaccines for measles, mumps, rubella. There's actually vaccine for the human papillomavirus, which can cause later on in life uh, cervical cancers and uh, oral pharyngeal cancers or cancers of the throat. Many of these diseases are actually preventable just through proper sanitation and hand washing. Um, again, myself as an emergency medicine physician, I also travel internationally and lecture and teach in India and as well, I do medical mission work in Haiti. So in Haiti, one of the common conditions that we see there is called soil transmitted helminthic infections. So these are infections that are caused by parasitic worms that we don't see in the United States. So there's sort of a whole category of diseases called tropical and neglected diseases that are more common in developing nations and third world countries, whereas for us in the United States, we don't see them anymore, quite frankly. The caveat being is that the world is actually getting much smaller. There's a lot more migration of people and as well uh, international travel. So in the United States, even though we've you know given so many people vaccines for measles, mumps, and rubella, there's kind of this anti-vaccination movement people aren't vaccinating as much as they used to or should. And as a result, we're seeing people developing uh, mumps, for example, uh, outbreak here in Syracuse. Uh, there's an outbreak of measles, which occurred in uh, Disney World, which is out in California. Or is that Disneyland? Disneyland. Disneyland. A uh -huh. uh, big outbreak of measles in Disneyland. And again, we're seeing that as people are, you know, um, interacting more we're seeing different proliferations of diseases that we might not have seen years ago. Yes, you mentioned, so like, for example, worms was a big section of your book. Another large section is devoted to infectious diarrhea. Why is that? So again, this is actually a good uh, reference guide as well as study guide for the medical students. So one of the things as medical students we have to learn about is diarrhea. So it's not really that sexy of a topic, but you have to look at diarrhea and ask yourself, is it bloody or non-bloody? And then what is the causative agent? Is it a diarrhea that's caused by a bacteria? Is it caused by a virus or is it caused by a parasite? So when I was writing the textbook, I started with a general illustration of all infectious diarrheas, but then realized that I needed to break it down further into each of the specific causative agents. So if you purchase the textbook or uh, are able to review it online, you'll see about 15 different illustrations with a similar theme of someone sitting on a toilet with diarrhea. However, each one of the illustrations gives information as to what caused the diarrhea. So there's a type of E. coli that causes the outbreak of bloody diarrhea. And one of the more recent outbreaks of that was at that Chipotle restaurant. So I drew a giant burrito on a toilet with diarrhea. And as well, there's a type of diarrhea that's caused by a parasite that's called giardia or giardiasis. And that's a diarrhea where the host, or I'm sorry, the reservoir of that parasite is thought to be the beaver. So they call that disease beaver fever. So in that case, I drew a beaver on a toilet having diarrhea. And again, I get very tongue-in-cheek with this, and I start thinking about, well, what rhymes with beaver? I was thinking... Justin Bieber. So I drew a beaver that actually looks like Justin Bieber with the haircut and the tattoos. And then it kind of helps the student look at the illustration, 
recognize, oh, this is giardiasis, it's carried by a beaver, here's the sign and symptoms, here's the treatment. So all these illustrations, as crazy or wacky as they are, each one provides a lot of information and memory retrieval cues for the medical student that's learning the disease, and then later for the physician that might be seeing a patient with this unique presentation of a disease that really we maybe see two or three times in our career, but need to know about it for the times that we do see it. All right. Well, thank you for coming in and talking about your new book. My guest has been Dr. Brian Kloss, an emergency physician from the Department of Emergency Medicine at Upstate. I'm Jim Howe for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.